it's Angela Arlena with Your Natural Dog, and my guest today is an integrative neurologist, which you may have never heard that term before, but it is awesome. Imagine a neurologist who also looks at mind, body, spirit, and energy healing all at the same time. So awesome conversation with Dr. Susan Wagner. Stay tuned. I'm so excited to uh, finally get to speak to Susan, Dr. Susan Wagner. And the reason I'm so excited to talk to you is because I love how you have shared your journey and what you went through and applied it to what you do as your professional career. But I just want you to tell your audience a little bit about what happened in your career that kind of made you come to a, a halt that you had to look at your own self and then how you turned around and made that because I, my listeners have to hear me say this all the time. Like, I don't understand how I've been doing medical cannabis for five years with animals and for myself. And I've already learned so much, which then, you know, took me into medicinal mushrooms and into other adaptogens and other plant medicines and if something didn't work or it didn't make sense, I just always was like, how do we do it better? There's got to be more. Cannabis can't be the only plant that does it. What happens if I put this plant together? And I know that you are a lifelong learner. So tell us what happened and what brought you to that like kind of halt and make that shift in your life as, oh, well, first of all, you're a neurologist. Yeah, so tell, yeah. us, tell us how, what happened that made you have that shift. Yeah, I always tell my students, you know, that I, I call them kids. They're not kids, but to me at this stage of life, they, they feel like kids that, um, folks in my generation, we all have a story of how we got into a more complementary holistic world. Um, they're lucky that they, they may not have to go through a story. They just may be interested and it's out there. And that's just a wonderful, wonderful blessing. Mine was that um, I was getting ready to do my neurology residency um, at Ohio State. And I was very, very left brain, very scientist, you know, I'm going to be a neurologist. And um, well, life has a way of teaching us. And I got diagnosed with fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue, whatever that is. And so it hit me quite hard. And here I was going to do the really big wellness thing of working 100 hours a week in a stressful job. Um, and a friend of mine got me a gift certificate to something called cranial sacral therapy. And I remember the time like doing the old eye roll thing. And then I thought, no, wait a minute. This is such a gracious gift. See what happens. So, of course, I went and we can all imagine what happened. <laughs> that therapist just retired and and she got me through the residency. Uh, brilliant. And so, but I never lost. The key is that we don't lose that left brain. Like you said, when something's not working, you go to what's, what's out of alignment. I try to, to quit the, there's something wrong. You know, I, I look at patterns in life and, and one of mine is, well, there's something wrong. No, it's just, it's just out of alignment. So we look at what's out of alignment. And so, you know, it, it was like, how does that work? I know this is working and she's barely touching me. Right. How does this work? And that started it. And so 
I kind of by coincidence, which there are no coincidences, but by coincidence found Healing Touch for Animals. And, you know, there was a workshop where my brother lives. And so I thought, great, I'll go visit my brother and his wife. And, you know, he's like, well, Healing Touch, isn't that petting? I'm like, no, it's not petting. So Petting with intention, maybe? Petting with intention. (laughs) I didn't even know the word intention at that point, but I knew it was something different. And I remember watching Carol Commodore, who was just brilliant, took this, we all know English Springer Spaniels. How much do we love Springer Spaniels? And they're just, woo, high energy, right? And she took this high energy dog and had her hands on him. And I watched him in her lap just do this. And I'm looking for the syringe. I'm like, she drugged that dog. I know it. Well, she didn't. And that, so it started with energy medicine. And then from there, just like you said, it's like, all right, what, what else is there? And so for me, I had to, I cannot take many medications. You know, I don't, there are times when we need medications. There there are times for that. I'm very sensitive. So by luck, I couldn't take all the medications that they might, that my wonderful physicians tried. (laughs) I'm going to work. So that made me go, all right, what is out there in the herbal world? You know, what, what are the adaptogens? And it just was that wonderful curiosity. And, and I will say that as I talk to colleagues, um, and you, you, I'm sure you've gotten this a million times, you know, well, there's no research, you know, and I always say, and when was the last time you looked? And, mm-hmm. you know, I they love that you say that. Yeah, or they, what's even better in yeah. in the animal world is that, as you know, you you are also very familiar with the endocannabinoid system, which I can't wait to talk to you about that. Yeah. But where they'll say there's no research on cannabis and it's as it's not safe for animals, and I remind them that all the research for the humans is done on no, animals. On animals. <laughs> so I, I'm like, why isn't anybody? saying that, you know, so yeah, the rat didn't die, the chimpanzee didn't die, the beagle didn't, nobody died. And that's where how we determined it was safe for for humans. So that always blows my mind. But as you know, it doesn't matter. It has to be someone who is like yourself, who wants to, who knows that things can always be improved. Discoveries can always be made. Science is out there and we just need to uh, see it happen. The best thing that ever got said to me from a veterinarian was, uh, and this was Dr. Zach Pilosoff, who was very young, out of, you know, best in his class, but got out of school, got out of Tulane and went, they didn't say anything about cannabis. They didn't say anything about diet. How, what? And he taught himself. So he was the first vet I met that had taught, he knew everything inside and out and, and had that question. I don't understand why all of them don't do that. Like, I know, or I know. get into practice and see that the use of the antibiotics and pharmaceuticals and steroids doesn't help. It just suppresses the symptoms. And why does it make you automatically go, okay, well, then I have to go find out what it is and then have your own health issue, which same thing happened to me. I got mm-hmm. diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, was prescribed oh. Humira. I was like, oh, hell no. (laughs) I'm the same way. Very sensitive. I actually so sensitive that I don't even um, if a doctor wants to prescribe me a prescription, I will leave. 
I don't even go to doctors anymore. I don't even bother saying that. But when I did, I would go find the natural or whatever. So when I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, I was like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. And I brought it on myself. So I had to do a lot of work, but that's how I found cannabis. Exactly. And I could not figure out why everyone didn't know about this. So I relate to what you're saying. And then what I also love is that you were actually diagnosed with fibromyalgia, which a lot of times, and like you said, they have no idea what that is. Right. Right. We do. We do because we know what the endocannabinoid system is. Exactly. And, you know, interesting when I, and this is how I got interested in the endocannabinoid system. So years ago when CBD first hit the market and I was still actively working in neurology and had a lot of tough epileptics and I tried it and it was kind of like, ah, but you know, I was seeing the toughest of the tough. It was brand new products. And so I kind of went, eh, I have other tools in the toolbox. And then a couple of years ago, I've become very intuitive and this webinar with this email for a webinar came across my computer and I thought, I need to watch that. I didn't even know what it was. And lo and behold, it was on the endocannabinoid system. And the physician that was talking said that there's more receptors in the brain for the endocannabinoid system than there is for any other neurotransmitter. And it was like somebody whopped me upside the head. (laughs) It's exactly what you're talking about. I thought, I call myself a neurologist and I don't pay attention. And that, that was it. And I just dove in and there's so much literature. Like if I wanted to do a PhD, it would take me, I don't know how long to get through the literature. So it's fun to have that dialogue. And I will say the, the, even though it's frustrating and it's slow, things are shifting. We have an integrative medicine elective at Ohio State. There's other schools. And then once people get out, they can learn more. I've been invited many times by the students on their lunch hours to come Come teach them. And that is the most thrilling thing. I love it. I want to do it all the time um, because they're going to learn and do it. They're questioning. I love it. They're questioning everything and I love it. That's it. And that's what brings the tears to your eyes is like when I went to the first integrative club meeting and it was packed and I, I just told him, you, you all don't understand what this means. You just, cause you're you the know, pioneer. And it was, and it was the students that asked the clinical director at the time we want a class and he, God bless him. Mr. Left brain said, okay, this is what you want. So it's shifting. Awesome. And I'm just standing on the shoulders of a whole lot more vets who have been you know, speaking the talking this and doing this for years. Um, so I'm grateful for them pushing those doors open. And you are now an integrative neurologist. And that's what I call myself. And I'm like sure there's I, not very many of you around. Well, you know, it's interesting. I am proud of the neuro community because as a specialty group, we've always been a little ahead of the curve. And maybe because neurology's difficult. We don't see it as difficult, but from the outside world, it appears difficult. And there's, you know, so many things that the medicines don't quite do what we need. So we've always, you know, I think of Cheryl Chrisman, one of my heroes, you know, she started acupuncture and she's, she's the generation before me. So, so I'm proud of that piece of it. And, and there's more and more openness to referring it's not where I'd like it to be, 
However, it's, it's really shifting. And, and I tell people too, you know, you don't know what you don't know. That's my other, have you looked in the literature and then you don't know what you don't know because life is observation. And if you're not willing to observe, you can't make the hypothesis and you can't test it. Science starts with observation. So you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And that's literally what I've been doing is applying what I learned in school Mm -hmm. and about medical cannabis to my animals and then watching it work over and over again, Mm -hmm. watching that dogs are much more sensitive to it than a bird or even a cat and asking why, and then finding the research coming in and explaining to me why. That is just the coolest. And I'm like, and it's just little old me. I don't understand why every vet is not, why it's not in every journal, you know, why, you know, everybody's not talking about it. I'm even finding now like vets that were in early, like in California are now totally different in suppressing information and education. And I'm like, what is going on now? Or for instance, when you went to use a product you weren't impressed by it. And that's probably because you had a broad spectrum or an isolate or probably something that wasn't even a full. It uh, was way back in the early days. Right. Right. Exactly. So I battle with people roll their eyes. It doesn't work. And then I'm like, even a holistic who's tried it and gone, it doesn't work. And I'm like, here, try this one. Try this one. Finally, the seizure stops. You know, the tumor starts shrinking. It does everything it's supposed to do because it's manufactured right. Exactly. And that's the other education piece is, is, you know, just because you've tried something doesn't mean that you right. know, there's variability. And I think to the point of how you said veterinarians who were very open are now kind of backing up. It's because it, at the beginning, it was it was very much under the radar. And right. now it's out there. And we still are battling the legal battles. I mean, so I, I get it. I mean, the it, legal battles oh. are total confusion yes. of oh, what the yes. definition is, what's, what is the legal. And that is what we end up spending most of our time doing is educating and proving this is what it is. You know, this right. is what the law is. This is what just passed in California. California is, you know, that type of thing. So yeah. those of you listening wonder why your vet isn't talking about it or worried about it, it's because it's so, even though it's legal, a full spectrum hemp extract is legal in all 50 states. You can do whatever you want with it. It's still confusing. We don't know the definition. They don't know the definition. Let's say the Florida State Board, who doesn't care, but the Florida State Board probably doesn't know the definition of the difference between marijuana and hemp. Well, and the other piece of it that will change, I'm watching this very closely, is even though the federal act passed in 14 and then Ohio passed, you know, law taking the pharmacy board away from oversight of hemp. Um, so at that point, you know, the pharmacy board is who tells us what we can prescribe. So the pharmacy board's out of the mix. Here's right. the real sticker is that with the federal law, they took it like 95%. That They're like, yes, it's legal. But the FDA said, but you know what? We still have oversight over food and supplements. And we say no. So now you have the legal aspect that says yes. You have the FDA. Well, how much power do they really have? They say no. And then you have the veterinary associations going, well, we're not going against the FDA. And the FDA has does not oversee yeah. animal supplements. Exactly. Period. 
period, end of story. So it's a fear that's out there or the associations who also don't have any, you know, pull perpetuating a fear or whatever it is. Exactly, exactly. And then a person comes and creates an organization to oversee supplements for animals. And now that person is trying to control the hemp industry and, and perpetuate the fear of THC. So yeah, it's a so confusing as a pet parent and yeah. even more confusing when your vet doesn't know. So yeah, clear as mud as my mom used to say. Yeah. 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 Thank you for understanding and broadening your horizons and learning about the endocannabinoid system. Yeah. Yeah. And Have there's... you heard about how fibromyalgia is basically an extreme endocannabinoid system deficiency? Yeah. I love Dr. Russo's work. When I read that, I was like, and I think, you know, I always present that paper in my lectures to vets and, and to clients too, because I do think that we have what you call maladaptive pain syndromes. I think we have that in veterinary medicine. So I say, yes, this is a human study, and, and we don't think animals have fibro, although I do think cats do. And I think there are other things. So I always mention it, and, and I think the excitement of some of these weird pain diseases that that we might be able to work with. And, and as soon as the laws pass, one in the House, I think, and one in the Senate, that will take FDA oversight away from food and supplements, that's coming. Those laws are out there. They just have to pass. Then nobody could say anything. Like, right. even though we know intellectually it, it doesn't matter, then it really doesn't matter. So I'm anxious for those. Yeah. And then at least we got hemp taken care of. So I know. I love. Huh, I hope. I've been waiting for a long time. I know. Um, I know. We have to take a short break. But when we come back, I want to talk about, you know, your work and what you think is work so well between the animal and human bond and us kind of going through and experiencing and or suffering kind of from the same things. When we come back, we'll talk about that. If you're like us, your pets are part of the family. That's why at CBD Dog Health, we created a line of human grade, full spectrum hemp products tailored specifically to your furry friend's needs. Whether they're suffering from fear of fireworks, arthritis from old age, or even seizures and cancer. Research shows that a high-quality CBD oil can make a big difference for them. Enter coupon code RADIO at cbddoghealth.com for 15% off your first order. That's R-A-D-I-O. CBD Dog Health. Healing naturally. And we're back with Your Natural Dog with Angela Ardolino, and I'm here with Dr. Susan Wagner, and I want to talk to you more about your observations and your experience with the animal and human bond, which so funny because I had a client say this to me one time because I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. And then literally the next year, Odie, my soul dog, well, he was diagnosed with all kinds of things, which I finally figured out it was just arthritis which is what I had. And she was, I'll never forget, she's from England. And she's like, do you think maybe suppose you and your dog are suffering from the same thing? And I was like, oh yeah, we are. And guess what? We're both going to take the same thing for it. (laughs) Funny. But I want you to talk more about that because you have research that is based on this and you have observed it and seen it. So tell us a little bit more about that and your experiences with that. 
Yeah, that that one again comes from that observation piece. And one thing I can say is I've I've always been pretty good at observing stuff. Um except for myself, you know. That that's Me that's too. the hard one, right? Me right. Too. That's that's human nature. Like, oh, I spot it there, but what's going on with me? Right. Um and it started with a well, it started way before with a cat that I observed a couple of weird things with, but but it was too early in understanding energy and all of that. But it started with uh, two dogs. One was attacking the other. And so I was called in as both the neurologist to see if maybe it was a weird rage seizure or was the dog painful. And then also the behaviorist knew I did energy work. So she wanted me to do some energy work. Yeah. how, How great is that? So I did, and the dog had no neurologic issues. So I started working on the dog and the dog that was being attacked. And, and this was a household that was just amazingly calm. You know, you, you visit some households that are chaotic and you, you, you can understand why a dog would just kind of go, ah. this was no classical music, calm. And so it was getting better with the energy work and we did some essential oils and this was way before my understanding of the endocannabinoid system, or that would have definitely come on board. Right. And it was getting better, but it wasn't perfect. And then I noticed one day as, as the two humans, there was a blended family. So one, you know, human owned the dog or guard with the guardian of the dog that attacked the other one. And we were all in the same room. The energy was flowing. And the dog that was the attacker went over to the human that, that, was the guardian of the victim dog. And I started noticing the dog and that human were a lot alike. Like the human was kind of mousy. The dog that was being attacked was kind of wimpy. And she wouldn't get attacked until she wimped about something. And I thought, huh. But it was just a huh. And then the dog wanted to play. And the human very nicely just said, no, not right now. It wasn't mean. Right. And the human that was the guardian of the attack dog, she never moved a muscle just sat there, but the rage that came off of her, what about knocked me over because as an energy worker, I can feel that. And we all feel that, right? What do we say? The tension was so thick in a room, you could cut it with a knife. We all yep. experience this. And let me tell you guys, what I know for sure is that children and animals yes. feel and react to that. Humans do. I mean, adults do, but we don't even know that we're reacting to it. We're just... right. Gosh, I didn't like something about her or him, whatever it is. Right. We just kind of go, that. Dogs can smell it. Yes, they know it. And so I was, that was my awareness. And so we had a private conversation later, and there was much um, trauma in this person's life that created anger. I mean, it was, it was justified anger. She had stuff that was going on. And the, the relationship was, was falling apart. They just, it wasn't, it wasn't cohesive anymore. It wasn't in alignment. Yet it wasn't coming to the surface. Nobody was talking about it. Well, these dogs brought it to the surface. And that's, and I thought at the time, I thought, okay, Wagner, they said this would happen. You would work so hard. <laughs> You'd finally snap. I thought, oh. I, I just, <laughs> I can't, I can't see this. But again, observation. So they just kept showing me and showing me and showing me. And now it's to the point where you know, now I can actually see it. And, and I don't, what was hard because we all immediately go there as humans. We say, Oh, what am I doing wrong? Again, there's that, what's something's wrong. I'm making my animals sick. 
No, I think of it as, as a spiritual path we walk together. So we're coming together as we help them um, heal they and they help us heal as we help ourselves heal it helps them so it's not I don't want people to to go into that mindset of something's wrong something's bad I'm making them sick do I believe that it be, can become maladaptive I do if the human is really really stuck um, I think that the animal can't quite maintain their balance and so it can be difficult and at that point, you know, some energy work and some things to help the animal stay out of any kind of maladaptive scenario that would keep looping and looping. Um, and for the most part, it's those people that say yeah, it comes from the heart. I just want the best for my animal. I tell them right there, it's not maladaptive, <laughs> right? right? Right. You know, it's the same thing as when we're thinking about that end of life discussion you know those clients that say i just want i don't want them to suffer i want what's best you know but am i too short or too waiting i'm like the fact that you're coming from your heart just let the rest of that go it's right. fine you know right. so so it's interesting yeah as we look at ourselves that's the most holistic veterinary medicine the human gets it and i have seen some miracles other cases where this and when those two people decided to live differently, that dog that was the attacker went to a neighborhood that was much more like urban, blaring horns, was less reactive, like marshmallow, nothing wrong. And I was like, oh, all right, there's something to this. And I've seen it over and over again. If you deal with what the humans are dealing with, the animal can can process the energy better and then can go about healing. Well, I, I love it because I discovered, you know, cannabis medicine because of my rheumatoid arthritis, which then turned around and made me want to learn all about it and ended up turning around and helping animals. And now I get to learn about all of these other holistic modalities that I didn't know about that I could turn around and use on myself exactly. because there's, I feel like it's been pounded in our head to that they're totally different. They can't eat the same food. You know, they have to be treated completely different and it's not true. You know, what is it? There's like three or three to five foods that absolutely things that will absolutely they can't have that we can have. And other than that, they literally suffer from the same things that we do. They, the health, what they eat, their immune system, the gut microbiome, all of these things, our mood, the energy, stress, anxiety, all of that stuff that affects us affects our animals. And if it is affecting us, Meaning, let's say we have a work a job we hate. They're not there with us at work, but when we come home, they feel it. They <laughs> so absolutely do. I've been observing animals since I was a child. That's that's all I've done is sat and watch and I would watch their behavior and what they did. And now that I get to talk to wonderful uh, holistics like you, I'm like, okay, well, now I I, I know why I know so much. Yeah. Like one of the things I did when I was waiting for the farm bill to pass and I could release my products in 2018, I got, I had sold my other business and threw myself into medical cannabis, but I waited. I, I, there was a two year gap that I was going crazy. So I bought a groom shop down the street for myself. And it was crazy. It's a crazy business. And 
half the staff we got rid of and the staff that we kept still is who's this new person? She doesn't know what she's doing, whatever. And I remember reaching in to get reactive dogs out of crates. Like they would go, hey, Angie, would you go get that dog out for me? Like, he he, let's see what happens when that poodle goes after her jugular. And I'd come out holding the dog and they'd all be standing there going. <laughs> That's happened my entire life with animals and children. If it's a kid you can't awesome. get through or whatever. So I feel like those of you that are listening that know that you're good with animals or have that natural ability you guys understand that you can practice these things or help with these things and learn these things. You still have, you don't have to become a veterinarian to do it. Oh, and know. right. And so we, this is things that we now incorporate into our groom shop. So now we offer acupuncture and massage and chiropractic wow. and, and we're calling it a Medi spa now because now people come in. Cause remember, I'm going to see your pet so much more often than they're going to go see the vet. They, I have to see them at least once a year, but the dogs that have to be groomed, you know, every eight weeks, every three months or whatever they do. And I'd see these horrible skin conditions and see the products that were, that they were using to wash the dogs and all of this makes sense. And you just fix it and then it grows and you educate and people learn and it spreads. So I agree that there's a shift. I wish it would happen a little faster, but if you could be patient, I will be patient. <laughs> It, I'm having a patient day. Some days I'm not so patient, but but if you ever have a little group or a you know retreat, or if you're ever in Florida, let us know. I'd love to to talk more about it because you're an integrative neurologist who understands how medical cannabis works, and that is dreamy to me. <laughs> oh, thanks. You really have all of you understand it from all aspects. Well, and the more you learn, like you said, lifelong learner, uh, you know, I decided I got I, to the best that I could do right now, understanding that neurology it keeps changing. But and then I realized how important it was to the gut. You mentioned the microbiome. And I thought, well, this will be good. I can do a deep dive and put together a lecture on you know, cannabis in the gut. And I thought, well, the good news is I decided to do it. The bad news is I decided to do it because, oh, my gosh, it's so broad and yet in some ways confusing. And, and I think, though, the good part of it is it, it really, thing about cannabis is that it shows, it empowers us. We have to be empowered to listen to our bodies. This plant makes us do that, right? It's an adaptogen. So for one person or one dog or one cat, it might be this. For another, it's this. So you have to keep trying and pay attention to your body. And what a great spiritual lesson in healing to learn. And so... But what the best, my favorite thing is it's not going to harm or hurt anyone. So right. I took it for my pain, not only to get rid of my pain, but my stress and anxiety levels went down. So, I, you yeah. know, I had double whammy. Every time I would go through observation, treat one dog for something and something else would go away. Or clients yes. would call and go, is it possible that it's helping my dog's Cushing's? And I'm like, I don't even know what Cushing's is. Oh, look, it's a tumor on an adrenal or a pituitary. And if the tumor's shrinking for, because of cannabis, then yeah, I suppose the symptoms would go down or go away. Right. So right. it just makes sense. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm just observing and watching what this amazing plant does when you just extract those essential oils from that flower. That's all we have to do. Don't mess it up. 
Yeah, don't. That's right. Don't mess, get out of the way. Don't mess it up. Right. I totally I totally get it. There's all those what we call side benefits. That's exactly it. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I knew a person that was taking a hemp product for her discomfort. And she realized after four months that the migraine she had been having every two weeks, she hadn't had one in four months. Oh, oh, yeah, that's just wonderful. That's just I know. fantastic. I love it. Yeah. yeah. So we're now taking questions from our audience, which okay. I just love. And it's funny because we're just taking them and they just pick one you know, for the segment. And they were like, Oh, do you think this one will be good? So I did hear it beforehand. But now I love that I was like, Yeah, I think this one will be a good one. Because it was about the behavior of a new rescue and not fitting into the pact. And I was like, Oh, this is such an energy thing. (laughs) Um, Which I'm sure when the listener hears the answer, they're not going to think it has anything to do with the energy and what training methods or type of thing. So I love that we're getting this question. So Lauren's going to play the question for us now, and then we'll have a good time talking about it. Okay, great. Hi, Angela. My name is Jesse, and I live in New York City. Um, I was wondering if you could give me a little advice. I have a new rescue. Her name's Coco, and she's just having a hard time getting along with the other dogs in the family. She's really sweet, but just when it comes time to eating and food, she can just be really aggressive and I'm afraid that it might turn into something. And I just didn't know if you had any tips on how to better implement her to the family and kind of stop this behavior. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thank you. Of course, I'm going to turn to you for the answer, but I think what I want pet parents to realize the most is that it is a dog that's coming into a completely new environment and that I know that there's already been uh, research, but it takes three months for them to even begin to become comfortable. And then I want to say it's like a year before they're like, okay, this is my home. This is my family. This is how it works. But aside from that, I want you, Dr. Wagner, to, to answer this and talk about what you think's going on. Absolutely. absolutely. That, those are hard things. And so there's a couple of things that just immediately came to my head. A, it's New York. Um, I love New York. I love New York. Um, There should be a song like that. Um, (laughs) Yet spaces are small, you know, so how many dogs in the space is that an appropriate number? Not there's anything wrong, but just, you know, does everybody have their own space? And, and always, I love the veterinary behaviors. They've taught me so much. So reaching out to one of those is always a good idea. And one thing that I've learned from them, most importantly, and this is also an energy thing, is don't let it get triggered. The most important thing, and jump in here, Angela, if if you would agree or have any other comments, is before I get into the mirroring part of it, he's already realizing, I don't want this to escalate. It cannot escalate. So that means if she is fed separately, if she has her own personal space that is safe, for her, that's really, really important. Which a crate is um, a lot of times that space. Yeah, it could be. It I could have be a crate. too many dogs at my rescue, and they all have their own crate that they run into. Yes, have their own yes. Meal. As long as she's not crate aversion. <laughs> exactly. But, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but but she needs a safe space, but especially at eating time, so that that trigger because it's an energy and it's going to escalate and escalate. And once you hit that trigger, 
it's, it's just harder to come back from. So keeping her safe and all the other dogs safe and the humans safe, because then you get your hands in between there and you don't want to get bit. Um, and then, then I go to the next phase of looking for the metaphors of what she might be teaching. Um, again, there's nothing wrong. It's just, let's use the wisdom of what's happening to understand ourselves. So, a, you know, I keep seeing New York. I keep seeing New York. So there may be something in, is it, is that where you really want to be? Is New York the place that you're supposed to be? Again, I love it. And maybe deep down subconsciously, you've been thinking about moving or, you know, need more space or something like that. So I, I wouldn't be afraid of contemplating that is, you know, um, because a lot of times in life, we feel like we're stuck in a certain scenario. However, when we put it into that deep contemplation, we put it into a peaceful place, like, a, you know, we reach out into that quantumness of the, of the field and like, I could use a little help here. This is feeling out of alignment. It's amazing how the help comes. So that would be one. The other would be where in life, going all the way back to being a child, did you not fit in and and how and even though we may intellectually feel like we're through that emotionally we feel like we're through that energetically we may not be and this is all I had my aha moment because I'm actually distantly related to Nikola Tesla most everybody knows who he is now back in when I was a kid nobody knew who he was but I did my dad made sure we knew who Tesla was. And he has awesome. this theory of magnetic resonance where if you put an oscillating device on the beam of a skyscraper and just does this, eventually it's going to oscillate at the same frequency as the building. And then it just keeps going, going, and then the building crumbles. And that's what homeopathy does. People think homeopathy is crazy. No, it's just an energy frequency until it pops. And so as I was bemoaning a situation professionally in my life that kept repeating and repeating, like I said, I'm a pretty good observer. I'm like, why am I experiencing this for the 50 gazillionth time? Because I'm something... still going through something like that right now. So oh, my head is exploding while it, I talk exactly. to you. I, I feel like, I don't know who, what the heck the question is. I'm going, uh-huh. Yes, uh -huh, I'm doing exactly. that. It's happening right now. <laughs> and to me, that's the meaning of life. We come in. We experience something that is the opposite of our truth, of who we really are. And then what we're supposed to do, it just keeps coming back. And then, but nobody teaches us this. So what do we do? We get angrier, we get more victimized, we get hurt, and it strengthens that frequency. And then the truth of who we are goes down. Whereas if somebody had taught us like to go, oh yeah, that's just the time when you know, I got kicked on the playground or something worse. For many people, it's far, far worse. That's what that is. And it's just coming back in a different form. So if you can look at it and go, I see you, I see you. Okay, what do I, what's the wisdom here? Always be open to the wisdom. What do I need to know? And then coming back to a peaceful place, maybe not in the moment because it might be difficult, but having that contemplative time to go, okay, what, what is this and who am I really? Or what am I really? So the person who experiences something fearful is really courageous. The person who is angry, that client I talked about that was so angry, her truth is really peace. So where the person who feels like they don't fit in is really the person who is the connector of just being whole. So that's what we're supposed to be doing. And every time we do it, and our animals help us to do it, we create another energy that helps everybody on the planet because we're all connected and all the animals and everything's connected. 
So we think it's something's wrong, but it's actually this amazing spiritual path that we're doing with our animals. There's nothing wrong. So I would say to this wonderful gentleman, yay, thank you for picking it up. Thank you for taking this dog. Thank you for realizing, oh, I have to keep everybody safe. And where weren't you safe as a child? I promise you, you weren't. And, and I always tell my clients, you don't need to tell me. Don't tell me. Tell if you need to see a spiritual advisor, a counselor, that's where you talk this stuff out. I'm just showing you what is in the awareness. So as you feel that hurt of not fitting in, feel the anger, work with a professional if needed to work with that and decrease it. And who is the truth? Okay, the truth is really making that connection, creating a safe place for this dog and the other dogs. And that could be something as simple as they're separated at, you know, at feeding time. However, the intention is, by golly, and this is, that's where you need a no matter what intention, by golly, this house will be safe. I need to feel safe in this before they'll feel safe in this. Everybody is safe. This, this whole, this house is safe. You feel how I'm saying that? I'm not Mm -hmm. going, okay, we need to keep it. I'm saying, no, it's safe. I'm also the leader of this pack. And I don't buy that. I have to jump in. I'm not a leader of a pack person. I never have been. Like they're the leader of the pack. (laughs) If you want to get down to it. So how, why aren't they establishing that the space is safe? Because he's not been safe. He has taken on, I would imagine, I could, could be wrong. Disclaimer, I could be wrong. I would imagine that in his life, he has experienced not being safe. And so the animals are now coming in, they're, they're merging to not be safe. So that as he keeps them safe, the energy and the intention is safety. So, right? So if you put out to the, to the quantum field, safety, I'm going to do it with my animals. I will keep that animal and my other dogs and me safe. It's a step towards safety. You get it? Yeah. So they're really the leaders of the pack. They're showing us if we only can observe and watch. And so, and then in other aspects of life, what is showing up for him right now that he knows in his heart, you know, in your heart, it's not safe. And here's my husband goes, there's that finger again. <laughs> when I start doing this, when I'm in a retreat, right. yes, yeah. And when we do retreats, I had one before the pandemic and there'll be more, but it was so funny. I started doing this and I was like, and, and we bring in horses to do the work as well, which is awesome. incredible. But the one lady said, this wasn't on the flyer. <laughs> like, no, it wasn't. And I'm telling you, I could be wrong, but chances are I'm not. So I would, right. I would, I might, like I said, I would not get it for myself, but I can get it for other people. And so wherever in his life, something's showing up that deep down in his heart, he needs to see is not safe, see it. And thank all of the dogs for showing you, okay, and then as he makes that decision, okay, I'm keeping the dogs safe, this home will be safe, and I see what is over here. And sometimes we don't know how to get out of that unsafe thing, and this is like a 30-second speed lesson in energy and chakras, but our heartfelt energy, that feeling of peace, that feeling we get when we love our dogs and our cats and our horses. I want you to feel that frequency. It's, it's a hugely high frequency. 
You get to that place and then you put whatever the dilemma is into that frequency. You're giving it to that frequency like, okay, I see this scenario at work or with a relationship, whatever it is, it's not safe. Or with New York, it's not safe. But I, I don't know. I can't. I'm human. I can't see the way out because most of the time we can't put it into that frequency. Ask that higher consciousness to help and then let it go. And then can and then, I add something yeah, um, yes. to that and yes. then open up a bottle of calm? Absolutely. Under your tongue and then maybe give some to your dog too. Absolutely. Yes. Because because, I yes. believe all of that. I practice it, but I have trouble quieting down that mind yes. or coming to that point and that will help me. Um, and I believe that, you know, I've done some damage to my endocannabinoid system that I've got to help it yeah. out a little bit, but thank you so much. That was awesome. And a, a nice little treat there at the end. And I'm yeah. sure Jesse will appreciate your answer so much. Um, where can people find more information? Cause you have a book. Uh, I didn't even get to talk to you about, cause I discovered you through Lisa Spector. So I didn't even get to talk to you yeah. about music and animals and therapy, that therapy. Yeah. Um, so where can people follow you or get more information and at least get your book? That's a very good question. Yeah, because I was going to say uh, thank you for bringing that up because besides the metaphor stuff, we have to deal with the physical manifestation. So the endocannabinoid system, I was going to suggest bring in some of Lisa Spector's wonderful Zen pet music because that calms everything, essential oils, things that can calm and create because we have to work with the physiology as much as the energy they go. So thank you for bringing that up. It's not ignoring awesome. one for the other. And Love it's it. funny because I was just having this conversation with, with my husband. It's like, where is this go? You know, I, I'm out there and I'm talking it. And so the first book is through a dog's ear and you can still get it downloaded. I think in, in um, virtual form and e-form um, through sounds true um, or even it might even be on Amazon, but it's called Through a Dog's Ear. And it talks about all the sound and, and, and perfect for somebody in New York, you know, because it's so sound heavy. And then the, the next book that is trying to be birthed is about all of this mirroring. Um, and so hopefully that will be coming out in the next year or so. And then trying to figure out how, you know, I love doing the retreats. I love doing the lectures. That's my passion. Um, and hope as the pandemic eases, that will happen again. And then, you know, how creating a website or what that looks like. And I'm, I'm not quite, that's been a hard branding, you know, cause as much of, okay, there's the veterinary world and, and yet so much of this is applicable if you don't have pets, but so that's, yeah, the long message for I'm not quite sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, but stay tuned. Please, yeah, please enjoy. And I think soon there will be a website where a lot of the writings on this Tesla principle will just be on the website so people can read them. And then the book can follow because I think that's well, going to we'll be definitely the have way. you on Facebook and all yeah. those platforms. I'd love to have you on all those so that people can hear you because you have oh, so that'd much be to great. offer. That would be great. Thank you. And thank you for what you do. Thank, I, oh, I, thank you. I need to say that. Thank you so much. Thank you. That means so much coming from you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Make sure to rate, comment, subscribe, and share with your friends. And if you want your questions answered live, make sure to call in to 252 
877-457-3775. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and at AngelaArtolino.com. And remember, you can always sign up for a full holistic consultation at cbddoghealth.com slash consultations. Introducing MycoDog, an award-winning line of medicinal mushroom extracts combined with adaptogens like ashwagandha, astragalus root, and bacopa monieri made specifically for your pets. When it comes to mushrooms, sourcing really matters. Unlike other products on the market that are grown in China or elsewhere, the mushrooms in MycoDog tinctures are grown here in the United States to the highest quality standards. MycoDog offers three formulas designed to support senior dogs, as well as those suffering from dementia and canine cognitive disorder, breathing and respiratory issues, or autoimmune diseases and cancer. Use coupon code YNDPODCAST at mycodog.com for 10% off these fantastic fungi.